Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today's podcast guest is UK-based singer-songwriter Beth Keeping, who has just been named the 2023 ambassador for the Yamaha Music London's unique flagship UK store. So welcome along, Beth. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. A little bit chilly, but otherwise fine. Yes, very, very cold in England at the moment. It's uncommonly cold. Yeah, I think it was minus five this morning, which um, isn't my favourite temperature. That's just not on, is it? (laughs) Too much or too little, should I say. Um, So whereabouts are you in London? Yes, I live in central London, quite near the Thames, which is quite nice for little morning walks and stuff. Oh, lovely. Um, So how's it there at the moment? Is it looking festive? It is. I'm quite near the South Bank. So I've kind of walked down there at night a few times and there's some lovely little stalls and lights and just lots of things going on, which is really nice. Oh, good, good. That sounds good. So what are you kind of up to at the moment? Are you winding down for the Christmas time and preparing for next year now? Yeah, I'm kind of winding down now. Um, I've still got a couple of writing sessions going on, but kind of trying to take things a little bit more easy now. But I'm doing Vlogmas on my um, kind of Instagram and TikTok channels, which is really fun. So I'm just filming my day every day, which is um, actually really fun. Vlogmas. Oh, okay. So what kind of things have you been putting on there then? Uh, Just my day, you know, just my face first thing in the morning. And then I walk down the street and anyone I meet um, gets um, forced into participating in the Vlogmas. Oh, amazing. Okay. Have you had any uh, interesting encounters yet? Well, last night I was having pizza with some friends and we put a pizza box in the oven to keep it warm and it sat on fire. So that's going to be on the Vlogmas. Oh dear. How exciting. Well, I hope everything was fine though. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't burn the house down. It's fine. Okay. That's always good. You don't need that around Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> so before we get into, um, you know, your new music and um, obviously everything about the Yamaha uh, Music London Centre and all of that. So a bit about your background then, your songwriting. So what was the music that you were obsessed with when you were growing up? You know, what, what were the posters on your bedroom walls? Oh, so, well, I mean, I started quite young with, you know, your classic kind of 90s, noughties bands like S Club 7 and Steps. But I think um, when I really decided started to get into music was um, through listening to kind of singer-songwriters based on the piano. So Delta Goodrum, Katie Melua, and um, some kind of more folky um, singer-songwriters as well. There's a guy called Martin Joseph from Wales, who's a bit niche, but my dad loved him. So I used to listen to him a lot. Oh, nice. Um, So what was, uh, can you remember what was the first music you bought with your own money? Was that more in the sort of S Club vein as well? I have to say it was Bewitched, C'est La Vie, the first album. I remember it I know. And it was a tape as well. It wasn't even a CD. Yeah, cassettes. Got to represent for the cassettes. I remember all the double denim as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And we used to make little mixtapes as well. It was, it, they were good times, simpler days. Simpler times. Did you used to record um, songs off the radio as well, make your own compilations? No, I never used to do that, actually. I wish I had. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a kid with my sister before, you know, obviously way before Spotify or anything, we'd make our own thing. So you'd have to time it before the DJ started talking over the song. It was very stressful, I can tell you. <laughs> different times but yeah um (laughs) so uh, what about uh, when was it that you started to realize you wanted to make your own music and that you had a some kind of calling for it and it sounds like obviously you you were loving music and it was sort of surrounding you when you were growing up there must have been a moment you thought maybe I'd like to do this 
Yeah, so I wrote music as a teenager, but then I I kind of went to university and felt like I needed to do the kind of normal adult thing, um, you know, do the sensible thing, get a degree, get a job. Oh, yes. um, and it was in my final year of uni that I um I broke up with someone and I needed to express myself. So I started writing songs again, and then I decided to move to London and just try and give it a go as a career because I just loved it so much. And I didn't really know what I was doing when I first moved to London. I just thought I'd bump into someone who worked at a record label on the street, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, you know, Lady Gaga's looking for a song. And then I'd be like, oh, here's a song I wrote yesterday. And then it would be on the radio next week. And apparently that's not how it works. Oh, come on, Gaga. Don't be rude. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. So what if I may ask, what was the degree you were studying for? What would be your, you know, job in an alternative sliding doors scenario? Yeah, an alternative universe. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I studied French and Spanish because I thought then you always have a skill and you can always be the cool person at the party that just like flips into another language. Absolutely. But uh, not to be, I'm guessing, did you start to do any uh, more, I call it uh, a regular job or did you just go straight to the music after you did your degree? I did something part-time. So I, um, yeah, I worked for a charity part-time and then tried to do music. And then um, the more that I started writing with people and collaborating, um, I quit my job and, you know, just just went into the wind and said, let's go, let's see what happens. I see. And so after not bumping into, you know, Lady Gaga, record label representative on the streets, how did you find your way? What did you start with doing? Did you just start writing lots? Yeah, so I started writing. I, I was mentored by um, a good songwriter for a while and I attended a few courses. But really, I just started writing with other people. I started um, co-writing and just making lots of friends, just kind of just going around the industry, just meeting new people and just writing as many songs as I could. Um, and then I just started writing for kind of independent artists who were my friends and then last year in the pandemic, when it got a lot harder to write for other people, kind of over Zoom, it was the, the vibe is kind of a bit different when you're on a screen rather than kind of in a yeah. room together. Um, I started focusing on my own music as an artist because I couldn't really write for other people and I really enjoyed it. So last year was when I decided I wanted to um, kind of be an artist. And I had released a few things in the past, but I'd never really taken it very seriously. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a new thing for me. It's only been going for about 18 months, but it's been a really exciting journey. Okay, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and I've seen, so you were writing for artists in, you know, across the world, Singapore, Ireland, USA. So do you find it a different discipline to write for others? Do you sort of dip into a different metaphorical pool of inspiration when you're writing for someone else? Yeah, absolutely. I'm big um, focused on um, kind of writing with the artists. I've tried writing um, to kind of pitch to publishers and labels. I did try and write a couple of songs for Eurovision, but it's just like, I feel like the soul is a bit out of the song when you're not writing about a real experience. So my favorite thing to do is just sit in a room with an artist and just get them to tell their story and talk about whatever it is that um, is on their mind and they want to write the song about and then we you know take little bits that little details that are important to them and we kind of work it into a song that really expresses how they feel kind of really deep down and um, so that's what I really love to do. And what happens with the process when you turn that inward to look at yourself to write your own music and do you find that challenging you know to perhaps be vulnerable in a way you might not necessarily talk about the things you may write a song about for instance? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I feel like I'm quite an open person. Um, I, I tend to overshare in many social situations. So somewhere it's pretty pretty easy for me. It comes quite naturally. But it is definitely um, a different process because obviously when you're writing with someone else for for them, um, they're obviously bringing um, their kind of ideas and their pain and, and you sympathize and you talk about yours as well. But at the end of the day, what comes out of the song is is probably going to be their story. But when it's you, I'm, I'm a big fan of just trying to get it as accurate as possible. So you really do you have to dig deep and take some time and think how was I actually feeling in that scenario and what was I wearing and where was I what was I drinking like what did the sky look like it's all those kind of little details like that that I feel for me just kind of really bring the song to life and make someone feel like they were there mm, okay that's interesting and um in terms of the types of things that inspire good songs you know if you look at an artist like for instance Adele you know very much rooted in breakups and sadness but you know it works do you think having you know, troubles usually inspires more, uh, you know, better songs, or do you think it's easier to write a song out of some kind of pain? Yeah, I mean, I think you can always find inspiration um, from anywhere. And I get a lot of inspiration from watching kind of movies and kind of TV. But I have to say, yeah, when you're going through a hard time, it's very easy to write songs. And I feel in a way, as a songwriter, I'm quite lucky that I've been single for about 10 and a half years. So (laughs) I haven't had a relationship for a very long time. There's been a lot of disappointment and heartbreak. And it's been very good for my uh, writing career, I have to say. A lot of inspiration to take from there. Absolutely. And in terms of, you know, being inspired by perhaps film or TV, have you had any unusual, you know, things you've been watching that have sparked a song? Honestly, it's a lot of kind of romance dramas, I think. It's just, you know, when the music is playing and they're on some sort of like beautiful beach and the light is just hitting them and, you know, they're really just like in a kind of angry or passionate moment. You're just like, yeah, that could be a song. That could be a song, yeah. I interviewed someone once that said he was watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote, some kind of daytime TV thing and inspired a rap song. So you just never know what will trigger something, I guess. Wow, you just, you never know. Exactly. Um, So I've seen, so you recorded your first EP in Nashville, right? So I wouldn't necessarily maybe associate your music with the home of country music, although of course it welcomes all genres, I know, over there. So how did you end up there and why Nashville? Yeah, so I actually write a lot of country music um, for other artists. There's actually a growing country music scene in the UK, which is very small but very fun Um, and so I think to begin with I think I just took some bad industry advice Um, there was a lot of people who were saying you know once you're over a a certain age as a woman you can't do pop music and so you should look for more organic ways to to create music which is just an absolute downright lie and I think you know at any age women can make whatever music they want um, as long as it's good and you know they pour their heart and soul and they're authentic but um, so I went to Nashville and I was writing for other people but I also recorded my first EP there and it was definitely Definitely a country EP, which listening back is not really my my vibe. And I always knew that. But I think I just I listened to other people rather than following my heart. And mm. eventually I started working with um, my producer, Katie Ray, who's just so inspiring and amazing. And we started to we would just had a conversation. She was like, you know, you don't really want to do country music, do you? And I said, no, you know, I just my little pop heart just wants to fly free. And so we mm. just started adding the pop beats and and it felt a lot better so but yeah I, I mean my lyrics I would say are still very much inspired by country music and the kind of storytelling and the discipline that they have for kind of crafting the perfect perfect lyric mm, I love that and uh well it's sad to hear that you've been given that advice that you can't make whatever music you want over a certain age you know you need to crack it when you're let's say 
20 or maybe even younger these days I don't know so yeah um, I'm glad you kind of stuck with it what was it that made you be able to push past that and say hang on a minute that's just nonsense I think it was just realizing that pleasing other people um, and trying to make music that I thought people would enjoy rather than music that actually I authentically wanted to make um, just wasn't the right decision because I think um, everyone is going to have their own opinion and you're never going to please everyone with your music. So you might as well make sure it's something that you really love and then the right people will find it and the right people will love it. And I realized that, you know, I just love a pop banger. So there you go. Who doesn't? Now, aside from perhaps Lady Gaga, as you've mentioned her, but are there any, you know, pop artists that really inspire you today or that you're loving what they're doing or even over the last few years or something? Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, obviously the Queen, Taylor Swift, um, you know, who did make that um, successful um, journey from country into pop. But also I really love like Nina Nesbitt, um, Gabrielle Applin, I think is amazing. And then there's this um, writer who um, also has an artist project called Rabel. And he's just phenomenal. And he is very piano based, but also just has some incredible melodies and incredible lyrics and storytelling in his songs. Oh, some great artists there. You, now that you said Taylor Swift, I can really hear that influence in your track. I thought this would be a love song. I thought that was a great track. Um, yeah, I could I could tell the influences there. So that's really nice to hear that she's inspired you. And of course, she's not a woman that's 20, even though she's still a young woman, obviously. So it's great to see, you know, the artists out there that are just representing all the different genres. And like you say, she went from country to pop. So I think people can straddle things these days, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you, um, so you gained close to a million views on TikTok over the pandemic. I mean, TikTok is a whole new world of marketing music, as we know. So was there a particular song on there or clip that went viral? Yeah, so I had, I mean, I wasn't really, I, I was quite late to the TikTok game, to be honest. But I um, I just started posting a little bit. And in 2021, when I decided to focus on my artist project, I just thought, you know, we'll give this TikTok thing a go, um, which makes me sound very old, I realised. But um, <laughs> I, I, I posted a little video about a song I wrote called Two Seats Down. And I wrote that in Nashville, actually, with um, with a really good songwriter, Lauren McLam, up there. And um, it was about um, seeing bumping into an ex-boyfriend at a wedding and being sat two seats down from him. And I told the story and about how um, it's about seeing someone who you used to be really close to and then you see them years later and you they're a complete stranger, but you still know everything about their life. Mm. And so I was telling that little story and I just think lots of people related to it. So that one went viral. And then um, kind of this summer, um, after you know starting my artist project, I had another one um, called Plane Tickets um, also do quite well and reach lots of people in America because it was about um, being single and um, solo traveling. And it just happened to reach the right audience and lots of um, people who solo travel, particularly in the States, just found the song and it described a feeling that they'd never heard in music before so I think that was why it just really spoke to them I see um and were there any memorable videos uh made to either of them that you can remember oh I mean I just think I was just oversharing on my TikTok and I think people <laughs> quite enjoyed that. But it's actually really fun. Um, plane tickets, people have actually started to use that as their little soundtrack to their solo travel um, like trips, which is really nice. So now I get to go on TikTok and just see where, where everyone's going around the world and get some inspiration for my own trips. Oh, interesting. Um, I was going to ask about plane tickets anyway, because that's obviously taken from your latest EP, I still think about that moment. Um, so how did the concept for this EP come together? Did you have a theme in mind? Was it just a, something that sort of naturally came together or is it a complete mismatch of different songs? I think they're definitely songs that work together 
under a kind of nostalgic theme. Um, so some of them are, are thinking about kind of past relationships, things that didn't work out, um, things that you maybe wanted to work out or that you know, were of a particular moment in time. Um, but yeah, this basically was the first project that um, I did after deciding I wanted to be an artist. And so my friend Katie Ray and I, um, we kind of wrote it and produced it together. And so, yeah, it kind of, it represents my first kind of authentic voice, I would say, as an artist. And and yeah, I'm just really proud of it. Yeah, I see. And is Plane Tickets in particular your uh, favourite song on there or the most special song to you? I don't know. I actually, the song April on there is actually my favourite song, but definitely my most popular one is Plane Tickets. And I think it probably is the most special one in terms of lyrics because I've never heard a song talk about that before. It talks about being single when all of your friends are getting married and um, having babies and buying houses and you're not doing that and you kind of feel like there's something wrong with you or that you don't fit in. And actually sometimes, you know, you just need to jump on a plane and get away and 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 do something beautiful with, you know, the area of life you are in, which is being single, which means you maybe have fewer commitments and responsibilities. So you can just use that time and that space to to travel and see the world. And so I wrote a song about that. And yeah, a lot of people kind of related to it because I don't think they'd heard anything like that before. Mm, it's an interesting topic that I think perhaps everyone can relate to everyone wants what they don't have right you know someone might love to be able to jump on the plane but they can't because of commitments or the next person might you know really want that family and not want to jump on a plane but I think it's it's everything at their own pace isn't it but I, I love that you've kind of captured that in a song so I can see why that one's related to so many people yeah, exactly. And it's also, I think, about um, running away from pain. And sometimes, you know, no matter what situation you're going through, you just kind of want to just run away for a few days and just not have to think about it. And you know you're going to return back to that situation and have to deal with it. But sometimes you just need a you just need a bit of an escape. Yeah, a little break. Um, and so you're keen to champion um, women through your lyrics, which is obviously fantastic, but also in your initiative, Write Like a Girl, which shines a light on female songwriters. So tell me a bit about that and why you started this. Yeah, so we started Write Like a Girl in 2018 after I think I'd just been to a lot of networking nights over the years and, you know, been to a lot of kind of industry events and gigs and just were aware that I was one of the only women in the room and that just felt wrong. And often the women in the room were just, you know, very young artists and, you know, there were very few kind of managers or or songwriters or people who, you know, just had kind of more experience. And mm-hmm. so I just, I wanted to do something to kind of bring women together and also just show people that women can write incredible music too. So we started with a little UK tour. We did a, and it's a songwriters round. So basically um, it kind of comes from the Nashville culture of um, kind of four songwriters will, or artists will sit on a stage together and you take it turns to play a song one after the other and talk about the story behind the song. And so we started as a tour and we went around the UK in 2018 and then we started regular live showcases in London in 2019. And then unfortunately, because of the pandemic, we um, we had to shut down. We were growing and we'd started a, a show in Newcastle and one in Bristol and, and it was just going really well. And it was just a really beautiful community where women would meet each other and a lot of women would come along to the shows and and get inspired. But um, we had to shut down, but we are relaunching in 2023, which is very exciting. Well, that is exciting. Have you got many plans in the works at the moment or is that one for next year? Yeah, so we are currently planning um, our kind of comeback show, which is going to be around International Women's Day in March. So um, details about that will just be online everywhere on our social media channels. Oh, fantastic. We'll definitely stay tuned for that next year. What a great initiative. I'm glad you've been able to start it up again, because obviously 
COVID put, uh, you know, the brakes on, well, pretty much everything, including anything in person, didn't it? So that's fantastic. You've been able to pick up where you left off. It must be frustrating if you were getting that traction as well. Yeah, it was. I think, I mean, in a very small way, it was a relief because it was just kind of snowballing um, and we were getting interest from festivals and we were trying to plan this big show um, with an Americana association um, in London. And it was just, it was a lot for for um, for just me to to handle. So in a, in a tiny way, it was a bit of a relief, but at the same time, it was really sad because I think we could have done some really cool things. Mm, great name as well. Really love that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about Yamaha. So you have just been named the 2023 ambassador for Yamaha Music London's flagship store. So congratulations. And I know you share that sort of honour jointly, don't you, with Bertie Green after the judges just couldn't pick between you because you're both so excellent. So how does it feel to have won? Yeah, it's so exciting. And it's actually really nice to share it with someone else. I'm not um, one for, I, I think, especially with a competition when everyone is so amazing. I think if you're the winner, sometimes, you know, there's a there's a kind of awkwardness, but also a, a sadness in that, that not everyone can win. So actually to be able to celebrate someone else as well is actually really lovely. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited for 2023 and just being able to work with Yamaha. I, I think their their instruments and their brand is just amazing. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, and it must be so difficult. I read that one of the judges said they were so good. Everyone was, as you said, it was really hard to pick because it's sort of subjective in the end. Uh, if, one, if everyone's doing different music and different styles, like you said, how, how do you pick? Everyone should win in their own right, but um, I guess someone has to. So, well, congratulations anyway. Um, uh, I know you played, um, so you played I Thought This Would Be A Love Song, which I mentioned earlier, Traditions, and Two Seats Down, which you also mentioned earlier. So why did you choose those particular songs, um, you know, to showcase yourself on the day? Yeah, I mean, it was a difficult decision, but I started with I Thought This Would Be A Love Song because that was actually the first song that I released um, as kind of me as an artist um, in kind of October last year in 2021. And it's obviously like a very light, fun, poppy song, which I thought would showcase my songwriting. But also it just meant a lot to me as it was the first song that really helped me to believe in myself as an artist. Like I had a bit of a breakdown the night before that song came out. I was like, oh, what am I doing? You know, I'm, I was homeless at the time. I just had to move out of somewhere because of bed bugs and I didn't have anywhere to live. And like I said, you know, all of my friends were you know, just at settled points in their life. And I was just like, I'm just, you know, living out of a suitcase, writing silly songs about boys in my bedroom. Um, and then I woke up and the song was on New Music Friday on Spotify, which was just so encouraging that people actually cared and wanted to listen to my music. So so I played that song. Um, and then I played Traditions, which was a Christmas song that I just released. And we wrote that in about four hours and recorded it and just put it out there because it was another song about singleness and we just felt like that was a song that needed to be heard and I just thought the lyrics were quite pertinent so I wanted to something that was kind of slower and more complementative however you pronounce that word (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay and two seats down well as you said earlier I think everyone can relate to that you know you can bump in someone and think was that me I know you but I don't actually you're a stranger now I think I can see why you picked that one yeah, absolutely. I actually asked the audience to pick that one. I couldn't decide between that one and a song called April. So I asked people if they wanted a holiday romance song or a um, a sad breakup song. And obviously they chose the sad breakup song because I, th- I think people love a bit of melancholy. Yeah, we love a sad banger. <laughs> absolutely. So do I. That's why I have so many of them. <laughs> yeah. You've got to find your niche, right? And stay in it. <laughs> 
Exactly. Sad pop bangers. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Love it. So how did you find out about the contest? Um, I actually found out about it through the unsigned guide. Um, I was just, uh, just the email popped into my inbox and I didn't really understand how big and important it was at the time. I just applied. And then the more I heard about it, when I got into the final, I was suddenly starting to get a little bit nervous. Um, but yeah, it was just, I was really pleased to be able to get through. And what was it like on the evening? How was it? Yeah, it was amazing. So it was um, in the kind of upper floor of Yamaha where they have all their beautiful grand pianos. And so we actually performed um, the songs. Obviously, I played guitar for my third song, but the first two songs I performed on this beautiful concert grand piano that is worth a lot of money, which I will probably never see in my life. Um, and it's so big, it would never, it, I mean, it's for kind of huge um, orchestral kind of halls. Um, so it wouldn't even fit in my house. And I don't think they're going to, they're going to give me that to um, to kind of take away and use, unfortunately. But um, it was so beautiful. And it was just absolute, kind of an absolute joy just to be able to play my songs on there. Oh, I'm so glad you got to use it. Um, and what was it like playing to a judging panel that included Clean Bandit and an A&R for EMI? Was that nerve wracking? I know. Well, you know what? I was nervous earlier in the day, but I really, I took some time and really practiced my songs. And so by the time I got there, I think I, obviously everyone's nervous the moment that you get called and you're like, oh no, this is it. But actually when I sat down at the piano, I actually felt very confident. I was like, you know what? I know who I am. I know, you know, what I bring to the table and I'm just going to be me. And if they like it, if they like it, and if they don't, then, you know, that's fine. That's, it's just me. Well, they did and that's all good. So, um, yeah. well, apart <laughs> from obviously you got to play the beautiful piano and access to all these instruments um it might sound very obvious but what was it about you know Yamaha that appealed to you why did you want to be an ambassador I think obviously they have an incredible amount of influence and like I said the, the instruments are, are really beautiful but um yeah I think it was just the opportunity to um be involved in something bigger than just my artist project in in London and just to be able to kind of meet with their contacts and also represent them was just a yeah it just felt like a really good opportunity mm, fabulous um, and how did it feel to win? Were you surprised? I was surprised. I mean, everyone obviously hopes that they'll win, but I never, I don't know, like, you know, when you just think, oh, I'll never actually win these things. Yeah. And um, one of the other girls was just so good and had such a beautiful voice. Um, and I, I was the first name they announced. Like I was expecting, you know, it to be someone else first and then to be holding on for that second, second spot. But then they announced my name first and I didn't really know what to do with myself. I just kind of hugged my friend and just stood up awkwardly and just... I even, I saw a video back and I actually clapped myself <laughs> because I didn't know what else to do. But um, yeah, it was British. a really cool moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. So I know you've got, um, you know, the perks of this are incredible. They include, you know, you get to use Yamaha's instruments for a year. You get a free recording session at a professional studio. You get to perform at some of London's best venues. Um, and there's, there's more on top of that. But um, how does that feel to look forward to that? Yeah, I'm so excited. I think I was in a bit of a, um, a moment because obviously I released my EP in June and I've been writing lots of songs since and thinking about headline shows and stuff. But actually thinking about what next year held um, was just quite difficult to picture it. So now I'm just really excited for all these incredible opportunities and to be able to just really throw myself into 2023, you know, full pelt and, and see what happens. So as an emerging artist, someone that's just getting started with releasing EPs again and really focusing in on your music. So how much of a boost is an opportunity like this that Yamaha and Headliner have provided? Yeah, it's everything. I mean, I'm so grateful to to Yamaha and Headliner for this opportunity because I think 
I've grown as an artist over the last year um, just through kind of doing live shows and through social media and stuff. And I've gained some new fans and some new attention that way. But actually gaining the attention of industry is a whole other ball game and is actually really hard sometimes. And so, yeah, I'm really, it's just a real privilege to to have this opportunity and hopefully be able to open some doors that uh, maybe were kind of closed to me before. Mm, absolutely and um what can you reveal about any perhaps new music or anything next year that you've got coming up at this stage yeah so I'm in the studio at the moment recording some new songs I don't have an exact date but I would say early um 2023 there will definitely be um new sad pop bangers from Beth Keeping um and I'm actually doing a very tiny little exclusive headline show um on Tuesday the 7th of February um in Camden and there's literally hardly any tickets it's very small and very intimate so that should be really fun and I'm hoping to be able to play some of the new songs I've been writing um to that audience before anyone else hears them Okay, fantastic. Well, lots to look forward to. Um, So I just want to say thanks so much for joining us today and congratulations again on, you know, being the ambassador for Yamaha Music London. Um, I think it just shows, you know, good things ahead. Uh, So just keep on going. I hope you reflect on your journey of, uh, you know, sleeping on a sofa and bed bugs and think, you know, it's it's worth it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it was great to chat to you. You're very welcome. All right, have a wonderful day. And if I don't speak to you before, a lovely Christmas. Thank you, you too. All right, thanks so much, Beth. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.